yes, I'm ready. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Struggling Hunters. I am Eric. I'm Joe. And we are the Struggling Hunting Fools. <laughs> uh, with that out of the way, though, Joe, uh, let's get right into it. And uh, how'd your weekend of hunting go? Uh, it was a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. Uh, it was a great learning experience. Uh, so I went to a whole new area that, you know, was out of my deer hunting uh, zone. It was strictly an elk hunt and it was for a spike elk or a, or a cow elk. Um, I hunted this area last year. Uh, I, so I knew it, I know it a little bit, um, you know, guy at work told me about it. Um, so you know, a little bit of help there, which, which is huge. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, so I, one of the areas I chose, so I kind of just go through how, I don't know if it was right or wrong, but, you know, I was trying to, trying to actually think about the area I was hunting. I, uh, I chose a draw and then from that, you know, I was, so I was on this, I was on a ridge that was north and south facing and then the, that ridge, you know, had draws going off of it that then turned into, you know, east and west facing slopes. And so I chose to, uh, chose to go on the east facing slopes to, to, to hunt. And, uh, and then the, the reason I did that and as so as was because I after looking at my onyx and on my topo, you know I as I stood at the kind of the the top of this bowl and trying to decide if I want the the west facing or the east facing. Um, I looked at the topo and looked to see which one was the steepest and which one was you know not as steep. Um, because knowing that elk kind of like benches to, to, to sleep, to, to lay on and that, uh, you know, so, I, and whatnot. So anyways, so, so I decided to go on this um, east facing slope because it had a little bit more, it had a lot more of a gradual decline and it had a few more benches along in it. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to head down this. And then, in my, I told myself in my head too, like I'm gonna keep kind of heading deeper to the bottom of this ravine until I I cross elk sign, and then once I hit elk sign, I'll kind of start going, you know, horizontal along with the the elk sign. Uh, and as I started heading down, um, I found I found an old uh, old tree stand that someone made back in the day. One of the trees was dead in it. So, you know, it was like made out of three trees and one of them was dead. So I doubt anyone really uses it anymore. If they do, I don't know how smart it is because one tree's dead. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of a cool find though. Yeah. And then just kind of around the corner from that, there was like this little spring at marshy area that had a tra uh, trail camera set up on it. Hmm. Um, I almost put up a little sign, you know, I was like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but uh 
I left it alone, went on down, kept heading down. And then I finally came across, uh, you know, what, what I found first were elk beds. And then it, or I guess I, I'm assuming they're elk beds. They could have been any kind of beds, but, um, and it looked like there was a, you know, there was a, whatever laid in it, peed in it too. So there's a, uh, I could tell where something, where there was something liquid that dried up. And okay. uh, so then I hit that spot and I almost sat there for, for a little bit thinking, you know, like it was getting kind of close to, to dark. So I was like, oh, maybe they'll start coming back up in here to bed, which is probably what I should have did, but I don't really know if that was right or not. But so I kind of dropped down just a little bit beneath that down the hill from it. And I kept uh, going side hill in it. And I got into a lot more uh, uh, I guess elk droppings, you know, and in uh, there wasn't anything super fresh or I, I guess I shouldn't really say because it's hard to really say how old elk sign elk droppings are but you know they were more clustered up and not so much stringed out you know they're coming out as a as a as a rock or a log or whatever you want to call it yeah and uh but I just kind of stayed along that that elevation where where those where I was finding that which was kind of cool in a way because I was seeing sign. And uh, as I was going along, I was stopping, checking my wind. The wind wasn't perfect, but it, you know, it was still kind of blowing. It was blowing downhill. So my scent was getting blown down, but it was kind of still getting blown behind me. You know, like the wind was almost in my face, but not really, but still going downhill. Mm -hmm. And so the road system is on top of so Segway, the road system's on top of the canyon. And so I got to hunt down. So, you know, the elk are going to be down in the canyons, not up on the tops, because that's where everybody gets to drive to. Right. That makes sense. And so anyways, back to my story. Uh, I'm hiking along and then I'll stop and I'm, you know, pull my binoculars, try to look in front of me and trying to, you know, spot something before it spots me. Well, I'm not the sneakiest guy in the woods. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I was going along, trying to be quiet, you know, it's hard. Uh, I heard something move and, uh, and it, it, so then I looked up and saw its butt or saw a butt, whatever, I don't know. So the way that it sounded, it moved, it sounded, you know how like a mule deer will kind of, will jump? Yeah. And then that's what the sound sounded like was a mule deer jumping. It's one little, like a little uh, mound pound, or mounding. I don't know what the proper word is, but it's first little jump. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's a deer. But then, as I as I saw its butt disappear into the, um, into the shrubbery, uh, it it kind of the coloring looked like an elk. But you know, it wasn't a big elk if it was an elk. But it it had, you know, more of the tan, tan color rump. Right. But it disappeared. I didn't even hear where which way it went. But. Uh, so then I kind of just stayed along the same, the same uh, elevation and 
kept working down the ridge, you know, or to the end of the ridge that I was on. And uh, as I got past that point, I just heard, I thought it was gunshots. I could just hear this, like, this crack. And there's a couple cracks. And then uh, and then there was some other type of, you know, uh, rustling in the bush. But it was further away. Like, it wasn't like, you know, I could I can't say how close or how far it was, but it was further than a hundred yards. You know, it was a, a ways out there. That's interesting. It almost reminded me of that uh that crack and stuff that we heard last year on the other side of that ridge from us. Um we were like, Oh, there's something big over there. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. And so I keep working my way down and then uh and then I started hearing bugles. <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, and it was kind of at first I was like, oh, that's just some dude bugling, you know? Like it didn't it didn't sound like to the to what we're used to hearing on YouTube and and movies or whatever, you know, people blowing a uh, bugle in a competition. It was this thing sounded horrible. Like I, <laughs> it, it eventually sounded like a bugle, but like. I was like, dude, that doesn't sound like anything like what we try to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it has to be some dude. <laughs> and uh, and so finally I make my way and get in this little bit, little bit of a clearing, and I can look across, and there's this, this clearing across the canyon, the ravine from me. That's a pretty good-sized clearing. And I, I can see this, this elk. <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's working his way in this clearing. He's bugling and like holy cow <laughs> that's not some dude <laughs> yeah and uh but i was making so i was getting starting i was like well there's this the clearing up in front of me i'm gonna work into that and kind of sit on that clearing for a little bit and uh so you know it takes me a little bit to get to this clearing meanwhile this bull is bugling and i finally get to the clearing oh before i get to the clearing I had a, a deer bust me, but I never saw the deer, but it, it did, it was a doe and, you know, it did that. There was a little like, you know, hot air expressions, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. blown at me and stuff. And I never saw it, but it, you know, I was, I feel like I was fairly close to it. But anyways, I make my way to this clearing and I set up and I start looking the other side and it was kind of fun. It was, and also kind of interesting because uh, he was roughly the same elevation as, as me, just straight across. Huh. And there I could see two bulls. I, I, I put one picture of the, of the one bull I could get a picture of on our Instagram um, and Facebook page. But uh, at the struggling hunters, if you're wondering. Yeah, at the struggling hunters. <laughs> And so what was interesting was, I don't know if it's just because it's barely getting into the rut season, you know, like the rut just isn't quite full swing. So the one that was bugling was a bigger one. The one that I got the picture of that's in that, that I posted, he was a smaller, like he, he was still, you know, he's not a big bull, but he's not, didn't look as grand as this other one. He was just sitting there chewing and, and eating grass and the other other bull was bugling and going off and you know just having a heyday and he he kind of walked right past this bull 
and left that bull alone. And he went off into the woods and kept, and he kept hollering. And then a little bit later, I, I don't know if someone else was hunting them or what, but I could hear one other bull go off kind of away from where that bull was. And I feel like I could hear one third bull that was coming down deeper into the canyon. Oh, wow. But, but yeah, so I, I sat there and watched them and until I couldn't anymore. And then, uh, but, you know, you know, kind of a takeaway from that, you know, you know, a little bit, you know, if I had time, I would have made my way over, but thinking back on it too, I kind of wonder if I should have dropped as far down into the can or the ravine that I was in and then made my way down to the bottom. I mean, it would have been a longer hike out, but where all the traffic is on the top side of the, of the mountain, you know, that's where the road system is. So that forces the elk down to the bottom I wonder if I should have just went along the bottom of it because that's more or less where the elk were going to be and just try right. to be, be sneaky Joe going through the woods. Right. But then uh, one of the mornings, you know, I got up, tried to make my way out to this point <laughs> and it's almost, you know, it's, it's light enough that you don't need a flashlight anymore. And uh <laughs> I heard something go off and I was like, oh, that's nothing. And I kept going and all of a sudden I heard this other thing. I was like, oh, that's an elk. <laughs> so I start making, I check the wind and all right, the wind's good. So I start, start making my way towards it. And then I hear a sound again and, and it's sheep. No way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I was like, well, there it goes. I won't go that direction anymore because, you know, they had their do the sheep dogs and stuff with them. I heard the dogs barking and I never saw the sheep, but, or maybe it was an elk and it, that was answering the sheep. I don't know. I probably should have probably kept going to find out for sure. <laughs> well, at, but, least you're, at least you're getting into the, the elk though. I mean, might not be exactly where you want to be, but this should get right. in there. Um, I was going to ask you that, that, that area that you went, is that still, um, actually, uh, well, is it, is it still just your, uh, where you can only get a spike or a cow or is it? Yeah. It's only a spike or cow, or a cow unit for me. Okay. So yeah, the big bulls, like I, you know, the only thing is, is we kind of think where the bulls are, if the rut's starting up, there be cows also. Yeah. Uh, yeah almost uh that was actually my other question was there any cows around those two bulls uh yes there was a or there was one cow that i could see she was in the woods i was kind of amazed myself that i even found her really yeah i mean that there's she was in the trees and it wasn't like this big big opening she was in she you know like there's trees spotted around and she was standing by one and there just happened to be an opening where she was. And it was one of those like scanning, scanning. Oh, there's a, <laughs> there's an elk. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But, but yeah, so that was, you know, it's kind of interesting. He was in a, so to describe where he, where the, the, the bulls were at, they were 
like I said, directly opposite of me, roughly the same elevation, but they were in a saddle or kind of, you know, it was a flat spot. Like it, the ravine, the ridge came down and it dropped dramatically, dramatically. It came down and then it leveled out and then it dropped down again. And they were just sitting right there at that base of that first, that little foothill was on the, in that ravine. It was a good, it wasn't little, but compared to the ridge it was on, it was little. Yeah. It was a good little bench that they were sitting on. I thought it was interesting that, you know, the one bull didn't care what that other, you know, the other bull was bugling. It was torching off doing its thing. And that other bull just sat there and ate the whole time. So I don't know quite what the story is there, but it was, you know, it was no fight. You know, you thought maybe he knew where he was in the pecking order or something. Yeah. That, I was almost wondering if there were just a couple satellite bulls running together or something maybe it could be but like i said that one bull he was he was a good looking bull yeah huh that's interesting so that leads me to like my next uh (laughs) my next uh uh, dilemma my next uh what's the proper word i guess for for a hunter it's kind of a you know a big question in a way like so I evidently I've tripped over elk last weekend and then this coming weekend, I'm taking some time off of work, but I would want to go chase the, uh, you know, I shouldn't say chase. I'm going to take whatever legal comes in front of me, but I want to go to the, any general, any, any bold unit. So that way, whatever spike or branch antler or cow comes across my way, I'll be able to harvest. Right. But I haven't been there this whole season, and I've you know I've only talked to a handful or talked to a person, and you know they said they've seen elk, but I don't know. It's kind of a risk. You you haven't really scouted that area. No. Yeah. yeah. I haven't hunted this area in archery season. I've hunted this area in the rifle season, and I've come across elk, and I and I've hunted with people that come across elk in the area, but. I haven't this early in the season. So with that being said, you know, is it good? Is it wrong? I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I guess it's just one of those, I want to take that risk of shooting a branch antler bull, but willing to take whatever legal presents itself to me. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm wanting to go after Godzilla in the unit. I just would like the opportunity for a branch antler bull if one's presented myself to presented itself to me, but I want to, I want to fill my tag. So I want to take whatever legal crosses my way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that is kind of a tough dilemma, but I mean, I kind of, I kind of see where you're at, where, where, you know, I, I feel like if you go, if you go to the general area where you can pretty much get harvest anything, you have quite a bit of chances because you could have the chance for the trophy size bull, or you could have a chance for a cow or a spike, just whatever kind of crosses your path. You know, the path of least resistance. I mean, it's kind of the, I, I would go for it. I, I mean, I know I see the challenges cause you're, 
you're already in a spot where you know they are as of last weekend and and uh but you didn't see nothing necessarily shootable besides maybe that cow right because you couldn't you because you can only do a spike only in that unit but but just for that that chance or you know i mean whenever it's go time and there's a cow right in front of you i mean i i'm just kind of talking for me but i'd probably go for the cow but but just for that small chance or opportunity that there might be a pretty good sized bull that you might be chasing down i mean i would go for for you know kind of right i mean you just you know i think it's just it's just natural to want to go for for that so right if it was me, I'd probably do the same move or, you know, <laughs> yeah. now if, if it doesn't work out, I'd be like, Oh, I should have went back to that. other spot. I know. That's what I'm going to say too. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> I left elk to go find elk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't blame you for the, for the move though, because I would, I feel like I would do the same thing just for that slim chance that you might actually run into a decent sized bull. You know, and it's kind of funny too, and not funny, but it kind of it's it or it's fun. It was you know it where this was that was the only weekend I spent trying to chase the elk. I came across the elk at least, you know, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really good. So you've kind of transitioned because um, for the for the uh, last handful of podcasts, we've kind of focused on mule deer and. Uh, but you've kind of transitioned over to elk, I take it. Yeah. 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 I probably should have transitioned to elk the opening weekend that <laughs> when you were up here taking <laughs> should have gone into the elk area now they're looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. year. Next year, exactly. Um Yeah, so I I feel like I know I've asked you a million times, but is your mill deer hunt pretty much up right now? The so the general season ends as my mule deer general season and my archery and my general archery season bull or elk they both end on the same day. Oh, okay, and that's like September ninth or eleventh. Eleventh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they both end, but then. Uh, but then I can transition into the late season the late season and then the late season is that still mule deer and elk if correct if i didn't fill my if i didn't fill my tags like, like i can do both you could still do both okay yeah so so you kind of you kind of always you kind of always in this weird position where like you might be transitioning to hunt elk but then if there's a decent bull right in front of you you'll take it or or a decent buck right right you'll take it that's hard that's hard because like you're you're trying to focus on one animal because i kind of felt like uh we were focusing on mill deer whenever we went or whenever we were hunting together uh we were definitely focused on mill deer but then like every time we saw elk sign we'd get all jacked and oh man what it, you know what it, what could this be and uh, it was kind of the uh same thing like kind of confusing ourselves because we'd be focused on mule deer but then we'd see an elk sign and almost kind of want to chase figure out that elk you know so true true yeah so but now it's it's you know the rest of the hunt until the end of the general season it's just going to be focused on uh 
on on I guess elk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like a negative and a positive at the same time to to like have two tags in your pocket. Right. I mean, but you know how I mean. Last year that happened. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year that happened to me. I saw a decent mule buck. I could have probably got a shot off on it, but I didn't have a tag for 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 a mill deer so i was like well just said hi right <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do nothing you know and i was like man this blows like i wish i could you know right yeah no that's have that opportunity yeah right but yeah so yeah that's that's winding down uh those hunts will be coming to an end I'll be doing the paperwork to try to do the, to do the uh, late season. Then I'll be looking up, uh, you know, what areas that I can hunt the late season in for both elk and deer. Hopefully just the deer. I'm hoping just a deer. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully you get the elk here soon and then you can just focus on one animal after that. Yeah. Well, that that'll be nice though, because you'll start, you'll hit the you'll hit the rut for the mule deer too, right? Or I guess I could, yeah. Could I? Oh, when is it? The end of October? Yeah. Or beginning of November into kind of a little bit into December. Thanks. Think. So. Yeah, I think so. I used man, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, can, I might be able to do some of that. That might be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, might might up your chances. True. So what so I know I went out hunting this last weekend. Did you do anything to uh I guess to get ready for for the rifle hunt? Yeah, yeah, I did a couple things. Um went out and uh so Saturday I went out and plinked uh the the uh twenty two, not not my rifle or anything, but me and me and my son went out and uh, we made a little content around it just to have fun. Uh, we did that. And then uh, Sunday I did a, we did a little over a four, four mile hike. Uh, just trying to, so I, I it's kind of selfish of me and I wish I would have prepared better. I was kind of, I was doing a little bit of stuff around the neighborhood. We have a park right across road, the road and there's a nice walkway. But before I went hunting with you, you know, I was doing that. Um, I was trying to do it as much as possible, but it, you know, on average, it ended up to be about like three days a week at best. And, um, and I was doing that to try to get in, in whatever, you know, hunt shape I could. But then after hunting with you and like, it kind of like opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, I got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, training to do before my hunt, you know, cause, cause, the one thing with my hunt, especially only being nine days long and actually it'll probably only be eight days for me because the, the last day is a Monday and I'll have to get back to work. But with that said, uh, I don't, I don't want to fatigue. I want to, I want to just hunt hard and, and, uh, and, and, try not, I just don't want to fatigue. I mean, it might happen toward the middle where, you know, I might just 
might one day might just be a really relaxed hunt day, but, but I want, you know, get back into it the next day. I mean, that's my goal or that's my plans. But anyways, I say all that cause I, uh, so I've been, I've been trying to do a lot more hiking and, and, uh, and doing that, doing that, you know, walking around the park and, and, uh, jogging a little bit here and there. I've been doing a lot more of it, trying to get in, in uh, better hunting shape so I don't get fatigued during my hunt. And uh, so, yeah, me and my, my son did a four-mile hike the other day. It felt really good. Uh, did We did pretty good. I mean, it took us a couple hours, but we just walked it. We didn't try to jog or anything. We weren't even in big hurry, just kind of had fun, got through it, and uh, it was really good. It was really good. And and uh, Carter did pretty good. He's probably going to come up with me those first couple days. And uh, cool. I've said it before, but he's only eight. But I, I really – I kind of have a goal with him. Like, uh, I mean, I like to hunt with him anyways just because, I mean, he's he's my little dude, man. You know, he's, he's my guy. Right. So I, I like to hunt with him uh, uh, anyways, but but – I also have another goal that by the time he's got his gets his uh hunter safety and his and he's able to uh get his elk tags, you know, I'd really like to see him be pretty successful and I feel like uh kind of training him up and and uh, getting him getting him prepared for whenever he is twelve instead of just kicking him out there whenever he's twelve and trying to hunt. He'll know what's going on. I, I feel like I've said that before in the podcast, but you know, that's kind of my little goal for him. And so I took him on that hunt. Cause I told him, I said, Hey, you know, this, this year is like, we can't, we can't be slowing down. Like we gotta, we got, we're going to have to hunt hard. And so I was like, I'm taking you on this four mile hike. And, uh, he was, he was down though. And he did really good. He did really good. And, you know, whenever, whenever we go hunting, I mean, I don't think we'll push it as hard. Like whenever we're hiking like that, like the challenge is, is to do the hike, try to get it done as fast as you can. Like I said, we weren't running or anything, but we were, you know, walking at a good pace, walking up and down the terrain. And, uh, you know, yeah, we did that in two hours, but in all honesty, I think whenever we're hunting, like we'll be walking a little slower. So it'll actually in some cases it'll be easier for them whenever we're actually out there hunting. We might cover that amount of miles in a day or, or in the morning or something, but it'll probably be stretched out a little bit longer than what me and him did it. You know, like I said, it took us about two hours to do four miles. Uh, every mile got a little slower. I was keeping track on it on my GPS and, or my, uh, my, my run app or whatever it's called. And, and, uh, yeah started out like the first mile was like 20 minutes pretty fast then then it got to like 25 then 30 then 30 like it was like pretty much five minutes longer each mile whatever whatever makes it last two hours anyway but um but he did good though he was strong he was pretty strong you know and i'll probably do that with him a few more times before my hunt comes up and try to get his legs strengthened up for for the hunt and my legs too. I mean, I'm trying to get in shape also. So, uh, but yeah, that's the main focus right now is I just don't want to get fatigued. And, and so, 
a lot of fun. You know, we took a few pictures, put it on Instagram at the struggling hunters in case you're wondering. <laughs> what so, is that again, Eric? <laughs> uh, at, at the struggling hunters. Thanks for asking. Actually. Who are we, Eric? <laughs> uh, we're, we're the struggling hunters. Where do you find us? <laughs> uh, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> at what? <laughs> at, at the struggling hunters. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember it's at the struggling hunters. <laughs> It's pretty uh, easy. It might be a little bit of a struggle to find us, but <laughs> yeah. And hey, if you look down in the description on either platform, if you scroll down in the description, it'll make it even easier for you is you can click the link down there in the description and you'll find us on Facebook or Instagram at the struggling hunters. <laughs> that was probably the most shameless, the biggest shameless plug ever. But, <laughs> uh, hey, we're true. we're also we're also struggling podcasters. And we're trying to we're trying to make it somewhere. So give us a break. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! Well, I'm glad that you know you guys had a good weekend though. Yeah, yes, you got out and you know, if anything, helping Carter see distance. You know, like yeah, prepare. You know, I'm sure you'll be watching your your Onyx or your run app to to see how many miles you did. So that way, in the woods, it, when you have Carter with you, you be like, "Dude, Carter, you know, like, this is what this is where we're at, and this is what we did that one time. Remember that?" Yeah. So, well, what one of the uh, claims to fame with Carter, and, and and by no means was it an easy feat, but when Carter was when my boy was four years old, we went on a hunt and uh, this took all day long. So, and, and there was some tough moments in there for sure. For both of us, I, I had to carry his weight and he's, he's not the heaviest kid, especially at four. He wasn't the heaviest kid back then, but when you're trying to throw him up a face of a cliff or a mountain and trying to get him up on top of this trail, he gets pretty heavy. Anyway, I say all that because uh, the first time I ever really took him out, I didn't know what we were getting into. But uh, uh, I went with a buddy of mine, and, and we, we did 12 miles in one day uh, hiking in the mountains. Huh. And uh, so I know he's capable of it. Uh, the, the biggest thing is, though, is, you know, there was a lot of stopping and, and – uh, a little you know some tlc back then so now now that he's four years older and you know he's getting a little bigger and stronger the biggest thing is 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 like i don't want him holding me up as much i mean i'm not trying trying to be sound mean or anything but you know i want him to understand what it what it is and that he, he has to you know get a little grit behind him to to keep up and so so with the with the hikes like that and you know hopefully that'll kind of give them that idea of like you know i gotta keep pushing and and uh you know so whenever the hunt comes i'm not sitting there you know tending to him as much and i can focus on the actual hunt and not so much him gotcha so so yeah yeah it was it was kind of fun it was pretty fun um I I know you had a question. Do you remember what your question was earlier? 
I was going to say, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember well, exactly. So I probably should have started off my hot talk about this, but um, so one of the questions was I was going to do was, you know, leaving elk to find elk. But the other thing too, is after, you know, of having a couple weekends to hunt and, you know, as we've, <laughs> as we've, we've discussed topics of uh, what to do, where to look for, or what to look for, um, you know, I feel like it's hard to find that ideal situation when you're out there hunting. Like, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta look for this, gotta look for this, and then, and then I can't say that I'm looking for each of those situations, but like where I, so where I found the sign, like when I, I guess I found where they're bedding. I guess that's the number one thing. I got to remember is, is uh, I found where they're bedding, not where they were feeding. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is I don't like, <laughs> I hope people don't think I'm trying to come across as some like magnificent hunter doing this podcast, you know, like I'll, that's, <laughs> I get out there and it's like, I get kind of overconfident, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to go come across my elk or my deer. It's all going to work out. I'm going to, but yet, you know, there's all these little moments that come up and humble you, you know, like, you know, we started out that weekend we hunt together. I, I felt like I had a decent plan, but we got into it and, and we started just bumping areas because nothing, nothing held a sign that we were looking for. And so, like, everything I was doing, like, you know, I was like, well, all right, let's go to this next area. Let's go to this next area. Let's go to this next area to where the finally the third day, the last day we were there, we find this somewhat honey hole. And then, you know, we could see that there was a ton, ton of elk sign in it. And there was a ton of deer sign in it. And then, so, like, you know, I go back the next weekend and I just run into, you know, I, I saw, I, I got onto two different bucks. And at the same time, it's like, well, why wasn't I smart enough to find this the first day? Or, you know, like, it's just, you know, all these little humbling moments that, you, you know, kind of chalking up to becoming a better hunter. But, yeah, so anyways, like, I, <laughs> I, it's just fascinating, this journey on becoming a better hunter when you think you're a hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Well, I, I got a couple things to that because I, I completely understand it's, it's, uh, um, I mean, what makes, what makes a hunter and, uh, you know, I, I mean, if you get your tags and you go out, are you considered a hunter or you can, you know, I mean, where is it that you're like a decent hunter, a good hunter? I mean, where, where's the guidelines to that? But I would say like for both of us, like we've hunted all of our lives. We've had our successes. We've had our failures. Um, I think that for the last few years, you know, transitioning to, uh, I mean, we're always doing different mountain ranges, you know, I feel like some people kind of, you know, they find their spot over the years and they always go back to that same spot. And, uh, especially after they've been successful, you know, a lot of people probably doing what you do and go to different units, mountain ranges, whatever, whatever the case may be, um, until they start, you know, until they get that success and they go, okay, this worked. I'm going to go back. Um, 
it, it's it's really hard um i mean yeah and the one thing even if i feel like even if uh this podcast like through this podcast you know over the years we uh we're like yeah got another bull this year or whatever you know and this podcast grows or whatever like to sit there and call myself a great hunter is just like it doesn't seem because the to go off of what you said, the woods will humble you. I mean, they humble me every time. That's why I like it though, too, you know, cause it's like, I feel like, you know, in town, you, the living in the rat race, you know, work, family, kids, you know, sleep, work, family, kids, sleep, BS outside of that. And then, but like you go out to the woods and, and you just, like it humbles you and it centers you and it makes you like appreciate so much more to life than, than, you know, what, what normal civilization, civilization, civilization does. And, um, and, and, uh, yeah, that, that feeling of like, like the, 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 question and everything you do just like whenever me and you went a couple weekends ago you know i mean i was i i mean i was just like you know the the extra pack guy that was gonna f- try to film the successful shot and i had a big head about everything i mean i knew how much how hard you've been working at getting over there and scouting and and i i i seen the pictures that you were seeing uh you know, uh, mill deer and, and, uh, I mean, just everything was like really aligning. I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is going to be a layup here. You know, we're going to get in there and, and get our animal and get out and make a cool video with it and give each other high fives. And, you know, success is really coming our way. And, and we got up there and we were humbled. We were humbled big, big time. And, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's just the way it is. That's, I think that's the, the, the goal and the challenge to all this is, is, um, is just trying to figure out these public hunts and, and, uh, and that's the other thing to consider too, is it's all public land. And, and, uh, I mean, I think I've said this before, but I feel like, uh, sometimes, Sometimes whenever somebody's hunting private, they're like, ah, seems like all the deer are on the public land. And then if you're hunting public land, all the deer are on the private, you know? So depending on your perspective, like it just doesn't, I mean, you know, deer are going to be where they're going to be and, and, uh, and, and elk too. And uh, I mean, that's, that's the, the fun of it. And that's the, that's the excitement of, of the whole game. And, uh, you know, I feel like every time, every time I come up a little short, I, I go, okay, where did I go wrong? What did I, what, how could I have done better? Where, where could I have improved? And, and, um, and then I go back at it the next year and, and try again. And, and, um, I, I think the biggest thing to all that is like, I mean, you just, to be a professional hunter is kind of a stretch in a way, you know, like I don't, I mean, especially when you're doing it on your own and trying to, you know, like I, for us, that's kind of where this 
platform of our podcast was built around was us trying to become a better hunter and, you know, talking about our struggles and trying to better our struggles to maybe, you know, the struggles that we're dealing with now, we can get over those hurdles and move on to other hurdles that are in the way to, you know, slowly take down that wall to make us better, to allow us to become better hunters. Exactly. And, and just talking about, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more things like, like in our situation right now, and who knows how, how long it'll be that with this way, but, uh, you know, we have, we have jobs, we have lives that we have to always get back to. So like going back to our hunt, we went out, you know, we, we, we hunted hard, hard, hard Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday, but it wasn't until Monday until we like saw some glimmer of hope. But then what happened? We had to get back, you know, we we're like, well, we gotta go back to work. So right. I, I, I ran out of time here, you know? And so, I mean, you know, that's, that's part of the, that's part of the process. That's the whole, that's the whole thing of trying to become better hunters. And I guess like this podcast, I mean, that's the biggest thing is we've never, we've never ever claimed that we were, we were great at this stuff. We just love this stuff. And, and through the negotiate or through negotiate, through talking and doing the podcast and trying to remember things that we've learned through the podcast and, you know, it was our way of, of uh, trying to become better hunters, being more immersed in the sport. And uh, you know, some, some of it is, is like the kind of getting out. I mean, it's kind of within hunting, but kind of like the podcast portion of this was, was like, Hey, if we could document our, struggles and how we finally start getting successful you know some of these people that that want to give us a try and give us a listen follow us at uh the struggling hunters on instagram um they'll they'll see the progress though you know they'll see the progress of us getting better of us you know because i mean i know for me and there has to be people like me like I wake up in the morning, watch the outdoors channel or nowadays YouTube. I still watch a little bit of outdoors channel, but, uh, you know, I watch these hunts and, you know, they have, they have a bunch of 30 second clips of, of them walking. Next thing you know, they're shooting something, you know, and they don't really talk about like, you know, what was that a week long trip, you know, or, or what kind of struggles they were having, how many times they came up short, or maybe, maybe sometimes they do, but, it doesn't really resonate because you're watching a five minute video. And so you think it's all success. And so I kind of, you know, I, I mean, part of this was like just documenting that whole, that whole process of like, man, we've been struggling. We've been struggling for a few years now and, and uh, trying to get better at this. And, and so, you know, I mean, we're just trying to do our best and, and learn as we go and, we're getting humbled along the way, but yeah, we're kind of average hunters that are trying to get better every day. So for sure. hundred percent. Like, you know, I guess like Eric said before, like, you know, we've had our successes in the past and as an, as I've, as you said that, and I kind of, you know, sitting here thinking over my successes I've had in the past. Um, I've had it like 
so my successes has come haven't come really as much of having a plan as more by you know like so it was probably more 95 percent coincidence and five percent plan yeah you know like i okay i'm gonna go over here and sit on this rock and look down this goalie because it looks like you know i can see a whole big area you know, like, I don't know really where the water is, but, you know, it seems like there should be a deer coming through here at some point. Right. And, you know, I, I've never, you know, and I've talked to people and people, you know, I've watched videos and they're all, you know, telling what they did, what they look for, or what they don't look for, or if they even have a plan or what they do. And, you know, and now that's what I'm trying to do is trying to get that, that, that habit of, uh, of what to look for why I'm looking for it and you know and it was kind of fun we keep talking about it but coming across that honey hole that we did you know because we <laughs> looked all over a whole bunch of area didn't see a whole lot of sign until we got to that that honey hole and then come across you know I hunted, hunted deer the next weekend didn't see any elk but you know the elk sign was there I just didn't didn't know where they disappeared to because elk that's what the difference between elk and deer is deer you know stay typically will stay in one one area till they get pushed but elk you know they got a big big area that they go to feed from and go to bed to you know and they got the longer legs so they can cross ground easier and quicker and you know stuff that you take into consideration and try to learn and trying to to learn that process of ticking those boxes off, you know, be like, okay, this is what I know what I'm looking for. This area doesn't have it. I'm moving on. Yeah. You know, trying to create that plan is something I've never really consistently did. I just more or less was, well, I'm going to hopefully go out and bump into something. Hunt, hunt hard until, until you bump into something. Hunt as hard as you can until you bump into something. Right. I That's mean, it's always been kind of my my tactic too yeah like that's what i was as i was thinking about the hunt this last weekend you know like i had different canyons i could have dropped into had i chose a canyon that was steeper you know i could have dropped into where the elk were but then again i did come across a lot of sign on the side that i was on so evidently i found their bedding area um so, you know, that was a huge learning experience. And then, you know, I get, like I, I came up with a plan to drop down the goalie till I came across sign. Then I probably should have dropped even further down into it, but instead I went, you know, horizontal. I went in the same elevation line as what the sign was in, you know, so there's a little learning there that I can tweak a little bit for the next time, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, so I guess in a way there's, I found a stage, correct? Or, you know, so the higher elevation, they're not really going to be because, like I said earlier, that's where the road system is. That's where everyone parks their four-wheelers, cars, ATVs, and then they hunt, and then they hunt down. So that's going to create, if there's anything in the area, that's going to create um, pressure from the top, pushing the elk down further into the, into the canyon. And then I did come across what seemed to be their bedding areas. And so and that was, you know, that wasn't in the bottom of the canyon. So that, you know, I didn't come across 
in, in I didn't come across the elk in between the bedding and where I parked my truck. So that tells me that I should have probably bumped down even further in the canyon and hiked that just because evidently their bedding area, I guess, you know, they weren't coming up to bed just yet. So I either should have, I guess, waited for them to come to their bedding area if they ever would have, or drop down further and work my way down further into the canyon. Because, those, you know, those, I've, you know, there's those stages where they're going to be. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, th- I feel like that's kind of always hard to, that's, that's the after, the afterthoughts of after you've experienced all this stuff. And, right. And it's definitely a takeaway that I can add to the bag of tricks or the checkbox for the next hunt. Right, right, for sure. And that, and that's a really good point. And um, I, I would say that's probably the one downfall of moving, moving areas too is, is, I mean, like you said, like you got to leave the elk to go find new elk. But at the same time, I would do the same thing. I mean – I think uh, for that chance to legally be able to take a bigger bowl in another unit, I would probably move on to that other unit. And so it's a hard one, but you know, you kind of, it sounds like you kind of got that area that you're talking about figured out a little bit. So that, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's a toss, it's a coin toss. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I feel, I still feel like I'd do the same thing and try to, you know, where I could legally go take a bigger bowl. That's where I would lead, head to. And if, uh, you know, I probably like, if it was my hunt, this is probably what I would do. If I ran into some elk, but it was mostly just cows and maybe a spike, right. I'd probably hold off at first for a little bit knowing that I, okay, I bumped into him, I'm here, but like, I'd probably still look for that bigger bull <laughs> before I, before I just like, Oh, there's a cow. Take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of challenges in front of you, but you know, I'm still cheering you on. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it'll happen, you know, and I, 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 I feel like I feel like once once you get it like the the questioning yourself cuz I think all of this can kind of be related to to like du- like double guessing yourself. You come in with whatever plan you have and you think, "Okay, I really feel like this is going to work and then it doesn't work." And then every move that you make, you start you start double guessing yourself. You start questioning your yourself. You kicking rocks going god am i even a hunter you know like i mean that's what it all kind of breaks down to and and i do it every year you know i i mean every year i get so mad i don't want to hunt no more and then (laughs) september september comes around and i'm i'm like well you know what i'll give her another shot (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, we definitely come a long ways as far as how to think of more for elk and deer. Yeah, I feel like it's all going to pay. Yeah, I feel like it's all going to pay off 
uh, sooner sooner than later. So I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Hey, I got a, I got one quick question. Uh, we could probably start wrapping this up here pretty soon. I don't know how long this one's ran on. I didn't really pay We're attention. We're coming up coming up on an hour. Okay. Um. So. Your sister uh, asked the question because in episode 18, we were talking about uh, you getting a cot for the camping trip. And uh, thanks, Becca, for the uh, shout out. But she (laughs) asked if, uh, you know, how how did the cot uh, work out? Uh, So my question to you, let me get the question exactly right. Okay, did did the cot make all the difference? So, was your sleep better? Uh, uh, I'd say yes. <laughs> it was better. I had a three, a three inch or two and a three inch foam foam pad I put down on it. Uh, I slept slept good. It was kind of nice, not you know, like not rolling off, rolling up, rolling over to get up from the ground. You know, you can actually set your feet down and put your boots on that way. But it was it was nice, you know, not to you didn't have to worry about that random rock or that divot or something, you know, that you forgot to pick out when you put up the tent. <laughs> but uh Oh man, how many times has that happened over the years? A lot. I swear yeah, I swear every time every time I'm like, Oh, this spot is good to lay down the tent and then you lay down the tent, you put your bedding down and then you're like, Where'd that rock come from? Right. <laughs> Keep rolling on it all night long. So, nah, that's a good point. I I definitely uh, I definitely love my cot. When we start doing backcountry hunts, it's gonna be hard to. That's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, we'll have to hire some kid to come just pack our cots in for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> or maybe 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 we can um, get some pack mules to so they they can haul everything in. True, that's a good idea. Haul in the canvas tent, the cots. Might not be a bad way to go. That would be that would be kind of fun in a way. I don't think I, I you know I you know you kind of go, you know it's nice to have comforts. Then you know like you kind of go in a way, thinking about hunting and, you know you're, you're just going back to camp to uh, to sleep to turn around and go again. But yeah, like you kind of—I think it'll be fun to be able to load up, you know, some mules or something, and go back in the back country and have, you know, a nice, comfortable cot or a nice, comfortable camp, and then just spend a week or something back in there, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's you know, just by yourself. You know, that's got to be a little bit surreal, you know, like knowing that you're <laughs> hours or miles to civilization. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. That'd be a fun way to do it too, though. But there is something to be said about that too, is uh, like having, being able to have a comfortable, nice sleep. You know, like me and you, we kind of do more base camp style hunts, but as of right now, but um, it's nice. You know, we've kind of invested some money over the last few years on trying to make it a little more comfortable at base camp for sleep. And I'm not complaining. I mean, being able to sleep all night without a rock being wedged in your back all night. I mean, it's, it's, 
makes a difference for the next day. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. I got one more question, then we'll get off here. Um, so if you, uh, in your opinion, if, you, if you're starting somebody uh, off with a bow, and I understand that it might be different for everybody or everybody has their own reasonings, but if you were starting somebody off with a bow, would you do uh, sights and a, uh, and a, and a sight of some sort or sights and the, uh, I can't remember what the, the oh, the so kisser. The, the kisser button and stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know, like it kind of goes, I, there's, you know, you got some logic and reasoning behind everything. Uh, you know, there's, there's the whole, how's the new, the new shooter? How well do they comprehend what's going on with the bow? You know, do they comprehend what, how everything works? Um, you know, eventually, so, you know, like I started out with without sights you know like my bow i had a, my first compound bow had sights but i never took the time to really set it up my first bow was a recurve bow when i was a kid and you know i never and i i got to where i was pretty good at just you know aiming my bow and shooting uh but you know, if the bow has the capabilities to put stuff on it, you know, like eventually if you're going to get into hunting or what whatnot, you know, you're probably going to move to sights because sights help with, uh, with, you know, the distance side of things. And uh, so, you know, you're going to eventually going to start using them, but at the same time, you know, if, the, if whoever's trying to learn how to shoot, you know, there's a lot, you know, you, you got going on, you got to, you know, your sight you're using, you got a peep sight if you can put one in the string and then you got, you know, a little kisser button that you can put in or install on the string that help you bring everything back to the same same point uh, every time to release the arrow. You know, do you get a release or not? You know, like a release might be might be kind of different to get used to because you got that little, you know, the little trigger button thing to use where you, if you got your fingers, you just let go. Um, you know, so if if you know there's a lot going on so just to keep it simple for for the first little bit you know you just use this you know your string and your arrow and just learn how to sight shoot without their you know or whatever i can't remember the proper turn tunage tunage termage is termage <laughs> <laughs> terminology terminology <laughs> but uh so i guess i'll break it down try to make it even simpler uh you know, if eventually you're going to use sights, I'd say start off with sights if your if your bow's capable of it. Uh, as far as a trigger goes or a release, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about it just because it's one more thing that you got to learn how to use when you're trying to learn how to use the bow. So you know, just and then besides that, it's an you know you just you want to start as basic as boss as possible, so you can add building blocks on top of it and make it a fun experience too. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to learn a whole bunch of new stuff on this new thing you have, it's not going to be all that fun. Right. So the simpler you can keep it, the funner I'm sure it'll be. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of a broad thing to say, but at the same time, you know, you want to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, keep it simple, keep it fun. Um, 
just those those uh those kid bows uh they don't really come with a whole lot and uh sights are one of them so yeah well i mean there's something to be said too about learning to shoot a bow without sights you know that it took me a second to learn to adjust my eyes back or to adjust my eyes to using a sight mm. last couple of years because i was you know i was shot growing up when we lived in vegas my dad would take me and my brother out shooting archery shooting bows quite a bit and uh, i didn't i never had sights on my bow but i got to where you know i could go back to a different yardage and i could hit a paper plate yeah and uh so when i finally started using the sight like i had to i was used to looking at it looking down the arrow a certain way to be able to you know to to aim the bow and then when i started using the sight i had to like mentally reposition everything to make sure you know like i wasn't setting up to shoot how i used to shoot it changed it a little bit but what uh what what kind of arrow rest do you have do you have with the whisker briskets or do you have no a... i got one i can't i can't remember the actual name of it but it it's like a three-point uh system it has it has these two like uh brushes that set up top has a gap in the center and then it has a one brush in the bottom of it and so you you set your arrow up so the top fletching goes in between the the top two and that's um, all that's always your off colored one right yeah yeah so and i got i glue the knocks and everything so that's how it sets up gotcha is there is there a reason for the why the colored one is always up or is it just like a help uh, guide guide the yeah, just to help guide us a distinction. Because if you have all three colors, you know, and you're trying to fumble around throwing a an arrow onto your bow and you have all the three colors, you're going to have to sit there and look at it and decide which, because they're diff, kind of a different spacing. And so you have to find where that spacing is just right to be able to put your arrow in. with So that way, as you shoot it across your rest, that the arrow doesn't deflect the, or the, the fletching doesn't deflect the arrow right you know off off the flight pattern so i feel like uh if you have a whisker biscuit uh rest it'd probably be good to have sights on but if you had the the uh the prawn or i i don't know i'm gonna call it the prawn sight or the prawn rest um you could probably use more of the arrow probably i've never i've never used a whiskey biscuit or a whisker biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you mu- you must be getting tired tonight. We better <laughs> we better let you go here soon. <laughs> but uh, so I couldn't really say for sure. Um, but you know you, you got to be able to see the arrow in order to uh, if you don't have sights to be able to place it where you want it to go. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I tried it the other day though, and and. Uh, I don't know that whisker, but I was like, you can't really, you just can't really see where you're aiming. Cause you can't see the tip of the arrow or nothing, you know? So, uh, but, well, but I'm not, it all depends on how you're setting, you know, if you have your, if you're pulling your arrow up at, at your eye level, you know, like you might not be, be able to see it, but if you have it down a little bit lower, you know, where you're pulling to the bottom of your chin or something, you might be able to see over the top of it, but I'm not sure. I've never, never used one, so I can't yeah. say. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I would say just 
throw sights on. I think it'll be easier. At least it'll give you a little bit better of a reference. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you have, if you, you know, have someone help set up the sights too, the, so that way. Yeah. But if, it, if you know, nothing wrong with just letting the arrow sit on there and as long as they're pointing at a target, letting it fling and letting them try to figure out how to hold that bow to, to uh, hit the target. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now you got a good point. <sighs> well, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was kind of a long winded podcast. Uh, we've been trying to shorten them up uh, a little, a little more than this, but I guess we had a lot to talk about this week. So uh, Joe, I'll let you uh, get us out of here if you want. Sure. Well, thanks for listening to the struggling hunters. Hopefully you guys, uh, enjoyed listening to our struggles so we know you're probably struggling too and hopefully your struggles aren't getting you down um hopefully you know you're pulling through the struggles and motivating yourself or finding ways to motivate and but uh you know keep pushing through uh there's always going to be some struggle you know we're still learning here but uh thanks for listening go ahead and like subscribe follow us instagram twitter facebook uh you know hopefully you're having fun if not sorry but (laughs) uh we'll talk to you guys later uh we'll sign off i'm joe and i'm eric y'all have a good one struggling hunters are out